0: sport you can now study a master's degree in football business or football coaching and analysis right here in australia gis is the largest provider of sports degrees in the uk with campuses at wembley and etihad stadium learn online with unique access to the iconic mcg and a big hitting australian industry network be one of the first Australians to get a football master's degree and join GIS's global network of football leaders. Apply now to start in February 2023. Learn more at gis.sport/fnr. That's gis.sport/fnr. You're listening to The State of Our Football Nation on FNR that time of the week when we get to talk about the state of our football nation. George Danikian in the chair alongside Pakua Frimpong, who tells me she's no relation to Jeremy Frimpong, who's part of the Netherlands World Cup team that's just making its way back to the Netherlands after um, falling just short in an absolute thriller against Argentina. Uh, Pakua, welcome.
1: Well, it's good to be here, George. Um, it's second week here. And second feel, week, second week, and I'm feeling I'm feeling more comfortable.
0: So uh, you should. The feedback from last week's effort has been tremendous. I had Jack Zervo say to me, "Will you make sure you tell uh, Paku just how well she's been received?" And I thought, oh, I think i better let her know. I,
1: I appreciate. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed the interview last week, and I learned a lot because obviously, it's getting around really twenty two. there's not there's still a lot for me to learn about the game and the history of the game. So, I'm always wanting to learn and absorb that information.
0: Well, it's a terrific opportunity to do it on a program such as this because we get to to speak to all manner of different people. Last week it was Jack Servos, a long-time lover of the the game, in fact a supporter of the game, and someone who's uh, also uh, not prepared to just sit back. Uh, He was someone who got on the front foot and gave us a a lot to think about, gave Football Australia an awful lot to think about. And here we are a week on, and guess what, uh, It's the turn of the newly independent, the freshly minted APL to have a good, hard look at itself and some of its decision-making over the last few days. It's been trumpeting a fantastic major events decision, in their words, not ours. And they're saying, we've locked up Destination Sydney or Destination... Um, new South Wales as the place to be for the next three World Cups, sorry, the next three <laughs> uh, grand finals uh, for, Beth, for both the women's and the men's. And if there's a youth grand final, it will be played in Sydney, of course, at this brand new uh, set of facilities that the New South Wales government suddenly so- has an, abunda- an abundance of. Uh, we've been complaining about New South Wales not having enough good grounds, and well, suddenly they have two, Bank West and uh, this wonderful one that used to be part of Alliance. Now it looks just breathtakingly good. Uh, if you saw the game that uh, the Matildas played there, that stadium looks magnificent.
1: It does. It's a, it's a very nice stadium, and we do need some more rectangular stadiums that are very, very good in well, this can
0: country. I just Can I just run this past you? What have you made of the cacophony the noise made out of uh, the last couple of days. The fans are are irate, to say the least. Uh, I've never seen them so united. So if if it is possible to do a good thing for the game, then in a roundabout way the APL has, by suddenly uniting everybody, uh, they're in chorus. They're saying, no, we want what we've had forever and a day, and that is something that's very different to all the other codes we play the grand final um, where it matters most and for the teams that are competing it's in those a, last few days of the competition. Now, does that make sense to you? Or does, or do you think, like the APL thinks, that, hey, we need to break the mould, push the envelope, give fans an experience that they've never experienced before?
1: It's certainly a bold choice, and I, and I understand the choice made by the APL because the game does need money and it yes. does need investment and it is for our game to grow without the money we are we are stuck. Um, I, understand, I also understand what the fan perspective is because it is, obviously Danny Sanz has spoke about creating a new tradition, but there is the old tradition that people want to stick with and my my take on it is I, I want to see how well it goes in the first year, particularly if two Victorian teams or us teams out of it, out of New South Wales, don't make the final, how will the crowd turnout be? And I think after that, then we'll know if this has actually been a a successful thing or not.
0: Uh, My concern, though, is that there's been an enormous hue and cry from fan bases around the country. And already one of the biggest games of the season potentially is the Melbourne uh, Christmas Derby. And coming up, we've got Victory against City and people are saying we're going to turn up but we're going to leave at the 20-minute mark. Now, who does that benefit?
1: I don't, I don't know who that benefits. I, I think it's a way for the fans, for their voices to be heard and I think it is important that we hear I think fans. the
0: voices are being heard. Yeah. I think there's, you know, we've already heard that uh, the APL was concerned enough to call an emergency meeting at the beginning of the week. Uh, We haven't heard anything because we're working ahead of the game Um, and I'm hoping that by the time this broadcast goes to air that we actually have an outcome, we have a decision and one that appeases everybody because the last thing we need after what has been a monumental World Cup experience when there's been so much uh, good energy uh, to be embraced by just about everybody, um, the last thing you want is this flash of negativity.
1: No, and and I'm with you on that, Georgia. I think that the game is in a really good space right now, and we need to be building on that. And that's why I that's why I want to see how it like because they Danny Townsend announced that there's going to be other things sort of revolving around that. Yeah, weekend. they want
0: to make it like a, a festival yeah, of football. Yeah, and, and I and I. Which is exciting. Yeah, it's
1: just very exciting. And I think had that information come out with the three-year thing, I think maybe, and it was a lot of, and the things happening during the week were, were good for the game and people could see it around it. If that had been announced together, maybe this would have softened the blow. I think fans still would have been outraged, but it would have been perceived in a little bit different way because that's we could see point. we could yeah, see the okay. the trajectory of what was actually they're actually planning as opposed to just this massive
0: thing that's coming. Have out. you ever experienced the festival of football the AFL does and has done for years, where they fill up South Bank, for example, in the week leading up to the um, the uh, AFL grand final and they you know put old football stars out there to, you know, sign autographs. They have games and and uh, they set up uh, different exhibits uh, in order to get people to experience some of the new age technology that allows you to immerse yourself and handball to a superstar, for example. Now, you can imagine a festival like this where you've got messy Guiding your penalty <laughs> uh, against uh, Neuer, or um, or in this case, the uh, the goalkeepers who have been playing really well. Imagine you're suddenly kicking a penalty against the World Cup winning goalkeeper. Yeah. You know that's some of the excitement, and they can do it. The immersive experiences are so good. The the holograms are getting better. Yeah. The technology is 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 almost like I can pass the ball to Lionel Messi.
1: Yeah. No, I, I. Which
0: is which is kind of freaky.
1: No, and I, I think the week the week leading up to it has got to be really important because because this week I, I've been thinking a lot about the like the game and the way the game is perceived in the context of Australia. Yep. And I, I look at it in comparison to the AFL. The AFL is a seven day a week thing. Every every day of the week you'll hear something about the AFL. You turn to Channel Seven, Channel Nine, Channel Ten, you hear something about the Constantly. AFL And I think sometimes what lacks in football is that we only hear about it on saturday and sunday and maybe on friday when you're deciding your plans so this week leading up to it if we can create it as a whole the whole year round constantly talking about
0: football what's then, coming up
1: yeah what's coming up then i think it's more it achieves substantially more than let's people you know figure out what their plans are for the weekend they say oh friday night maybe but the afl have got an upper hand because from Monday through to Friday, you've been talking about it, and it's part of your plans yeah, for the weekend. You,
0: you've been inundated; you, you can't avoid it. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the reasons why five years ago, the people who put their money up and decided they were going to run and create a, a streaming radio platform called FNR. <laughs> no, no, that's that that was yeah. the driver. That was the essence. They were they were fed up and sick and tired of of all the um, the opportunities that were being missed, and they thought. Let's create a a platform. Let's give the next crop of broadcasters an opportunity to do their stuff. And we've seen uh, the first generation of broadcasters come through. You're Gen 2, actually. I am Gen 2. Or the first of the Gen 2, which is super exciting. And let's get onto some of that. Uh, We'll we'll go back and talk a a bit more about the APL in just a moment because our special guest is the chair of of, uh, the Central Coast Mariners, Richard Peel, um, who is buoyant because not only has he done very well for his club in this... It is basically his first year there, um, or in this uh, first uh, iteration uh, under his guidance, they've managed to sell a young football star called Garen Qual oh. to Newcastle United in the... I just um, think about that. ..in the EPL. I mean. It's just... And let's let's luxuriate one more time before we speak to Richard... About that extraordinary moment of football, of pure genius by a young, young man who had no right, other than the fact that he, it's in his genes, yes. in his DNA, to pull the ball down from where it was, swing around, and did I mention it was on target? Yeah. He's lashed this ball, and there was only one place it was going to go, and that was in. In, yeah. Only one problem. It was an extraordinary, talented goalkeeper... Who was reading his mind and saying, "In the event <laughs> that he puts it on target, oh, I am yeah. going to do my best." So he spread himself, and he's a giant. Yeah, he is. And but he did it
1: as a as an Arsenal fan. I've seen Emi Martinez pull out some spectacular oh. saves, and oh, it was because Garen Cole did such an incredible job. Oh. Because the technique to bring it down and to have Off the, the have the ball be in a place where you can hit it with enough power to get it on and direct it onto tar, on target. He did everything right. It, it's just the goalkeeper did a phenomenal job.
0: The, the the chaser for that statement you've just made is what the Argentinian defenders did with the goalkeeper on the ground after making the save. Yeah. They've jumped on him. Uh, and they weren't complaining. They were jumping on him to go, mate, you've saved us because for an extra time at least.
1: if. I think had we gone into extra time, I felt the momentum was really on our side. Could you and, imagine? And even if we had, even if we had lost, still to take Argentina Whoa. to to extra time, yeah. it's the, would it be the one of the greatest Whoa, achievements in history. Football.
0: Oh, and the other thing. Speaking of Argentina, they ran into a, a Netherlands side that wouldn't quit. Yeah. Those last ten minutes.
1: Oh, insane! I watched it from an airport.
0: Well, can I just say? Did they have a gag on you? (laughs) Because did you see that second goal? I mean, that that free kick that they took. Talk about audacious. Talk about freaky. Talk about who thought about it. And I was told by someone that they do this in training. Oh, wow. So Van Hal has basically said to them, no, we're going to have a plan C, D, A, G and Z. And if I call Zen, you're going to play. But I, what a time.
1: No, it was, it, was, it was... What a time. I've never seen, a like, a free kick taken like that, but it's...
0: now there have been some brilliant th- ones was, over the yeah, years. But, but, but you're only... Ne- how old I'm, are you? 20, 22. 22. I,
1: I've <laughs> never seen that. And I think the most... The best part about it is that, like, we've seen... You, we see now, you know, the player lies on the floor behind yeah. it. Oh, yeah. We see, you know, going for the top corner. But the calmness and the presence of mind just to be, like... This is going to be so simple. Yep, they I'm gonna, are going to I'm be, gonna pass it to my to guy be,
0: in the wall. Yeah, they're going to be so unaware
1: <laughs> of what's about to happen. Just the most simple pass. Oh. And the pressure from the I can't remember which senior player was on him, but Tim's mm. turn around and stay so calm and just whip it across the goal was
0: beautiful. Bakua, there's a wonderful expression in, in sporting broadcasting. And it's like um, it's wonderful to watch champions. Keep their calm while others lose their heads, yes. and that was exactly what happened. That was a moment of sheer genius and panic by the Argentinians, who couldn't believe that there was no shot here; it was a pass. And in that extreme craziness, this guy's just turned around and went poke into yeah. the back of the net.
1: No, it was <gasps> it was sensational, and <laughs> this World Cup has been like the the, the play on the field yeah. has been on another level because there's been yeah. so many teams that have have just been there
0: yes exceeded all expectations can i just run something past you and, and take and see what your take is it appears to me that if nothing else the world cup in qatar has awoken not only africa but the arab world
1: absolutely and i think it's for me, sort of
0: been half held in the background and suddenly they've gone, nah. We're as good as anyone else and we can go for it. And did I mention that it's still alive, the dream to win? The
1: world? We in my house As we
0: speak, the in, dream still is alive.
1: Um we watched it in my family and to see Morocco do like what they've done is so incredible because for a long time when we go to these World Cup, we've had you know, occasionally we'd make the round of 16, it would be fun, we'd be, do all this, but we finally got the reward for And it doesn't matter what happens now. It does not matter if Assistance. they don't... Assistance. It doesn't matter if they don't make, make the final, if they come fourth, it, do, it does not matter. The fact that they've broken another barrier for African sides heading into these tournaments is incredible and I'm so incredibly proud and happy because I've got one of my best friends is Moroccan, so she was over the moon. Well, can
0: I drop another a little pearl... Uh, being an older guy, um, it does matter. But I understand what you're alluding to. They've exceeded all expectations. They're in a position to do to create history. Now, if I don't, I get your point. But if they if they do, <laughs> the stakes go up exponentially.
1: Oh, if if Morocco managed to do the impossible and win the World Cup, now
0: you know. You know, Adidas has a motto. And the motto is,
1: did, uh, impossible, was impossible is, is nothing. nothing
0: yeah. They did it before. You know, when they enacted that campaign, it was for the 2004 Euros when Greece defied everybody. Greece
1: side, yes. yeah,
0: yeah. And let me tell you, every Greek you know, every Greek you've ever likely to meet will tell you they knew Greece was going to win. <laughs> the truth of the matter is they had no idea, no idea. they were going to win a game. But the, the contagion, <laughs> the fire, the fever took hold and Greece in that tournament beat the reigning world champions, the champions of Europe and the hosts twice. Yeah. So now bring it back to um, the World Cup, Qatar. Can Morocco, the foreign legion, right? (laughs) I love it. They speak three languages in Morocco. You've got Arabic, you've got Berber and you've got French in the diplomatic Parts of the country—that's what the bankers do, and everyone else in government. So, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I think it'll be a week-long holiday, maybe a month-long holiday in Morocco. Um, you know, if, if they get through.
1: Well, the Moroccans facing the French, if because <laughs> because they have they have a lot of injuries though at the moment. Yes, that's they? true. They're, they're, Their side is, yep. is, and
0: couple and a couple of them have lost. Um, the opportunity to play because of the cards. Too many cards. Have oh. they lost one or two?
1: Oh, I, I, I thought after the quarterfinals they re, they reset. Well,
0: let's hope. Let's yeah, I hope, hope so because because okay.
1: you want you want to see the. If you want to decimate no, a but side, but that's before. how to do it. The, the thing that I love about the Moroccan side, that's for me personally, is that. So much when we see African sides play at these tournaments, everyone thinks of the flair going forward, they're so yeah. fast and pacey, but Morocco showed a different side to African football as we can defend, like we really can defend and they are sold you and they're very difficult to break down. That's why the Portuguese side struggled the entire game to really break them down.
0: Should I just mention also that Morocco changed managers about two or three months before yeah. the tournament? Uh, the last team that did that was... Spain with Lopetegui yeah. in in Russia, and that, and that didn't, didn't that, that didn't, didn't go, go, go so, so well, well no. so what what's in the water in Morocco I, that's allowed them to to advance and play this organized very astute, smart football? I think that some of the Other, I, aside from the fact that no, there's a great I, squad
1: yeah I think a what a lot of people don't realize is that the Moroccan the where the Moroccans are staying. They have their whole family there. Like, all the players have all their family. So it's a real, like, contentment. It's real, like, this is Morocco against, like, the rest the of the world. So, and it's wow. very, they're very united group. It's not just the players there saying, oh, we've got to f- play for our country, but you've got your family there to support you. So it feels like they're at home. I think it's really lifted the spirit of the group and they've even united further. The fact you get to see the other teammates, family members, and you get to, like, it's just, it's like camp, just Suc- easy.
0: Successful sides start start fashion, yeah, and they start trends. Yeah. Could this be a trend for all future World Cups where you no longer have to br- look after the 27 players, but also their families I think. Some, and their uncles and aunties and for grandmothers? Some, for some
1: countries it might work. For other countries, <laughs> though, there might be too much tension there for, for that to work out. But, no, it, the Moroccan side have done an incredible job. They've shown such unity. Like, you've seen the photos of Hakim's uh Hakimi and all that stuff with their parents after yeah. the game, and you see how proud oh, listen, they are of listen. them.
0: Listen, that opportunity to see uh, the captain—is it the captain? Uh, play, uh, uh, celebrating with his mother yeah. on the pitch—that's off the charts. Absolutely, that is that is off the charts.
1: It's been truly incredible, but th- that's what I've loved so like about the playing of this one because it is like this World Cup is. There's a lot going on with this oh, World Cup—an awful lot. There's an awful lot, but if we're just talking purely about the game and what's been presented to us as fans, these quarterfinals were insane. Like there was there was barely a boring game. Like
0: can I run another line past you? What have you made of the quality of penalty taking? (sighs) George, I don't know, have you ever seen a bad have you ever seen a, a worse bunch of penalty takers? And and I understand the pressure is is wild. And I'm going to remind not remind listeners who've listened to this program over the years that many years ago I did an interview with Pelé, and I I, uh, I asked him what was the hardest penalty he ever had to take, and it was the thousandth one, oh, the that. thousandth pe- uh, goal. The right? thousandth one, yeah. I said, but hang on, that was a penalty. He says, yes, but it was in front of the Maracanã, yeah, and it was packed, and they all imagined that it was going to be a goal. Yeah, and he said my legs were jelly. Now, if the greatest Of the many will tell you that he will will openly tell you that his legs were jelly. What should it say about others? Yeah, no. The anxiety factor goes through the roof. Professional or no? Yeah. You're earning three hundred thousand. Someone said to me the other day, "Oh, he's earning three hundred thousand pounds a week. How can he not put the ball in the back of the net?" There's so much pressure. Really, mate? (laughs) Uh, uh,
1: For me, the Ghana Ghana game against uh, Uruguay, we our game was ruined because. The pressure of a penalty for Andre Ayu, and he absolutely was that was the worst penalty I've seen the whole tournament. Absolute stinker of a penalty. (laughs) The Harry Kane one is he's because he always hits them like that, he always goes like full blast, top corner, and they're the hardest to save. Mm. But that's the fine line that you're playing at when, um, you know, you've got that one last kick to save your your side because he scored that penalty before
0: and... He, he put it in Roberto Baggio land. Yeah. You know, it's probably still orbiting <laughs> alongside, I think it's the um, the, uh, the the shuttle that they've got up there in the International Space Station. Um, it's um, an opportunity to say once again, for those of you listening, this is State of Our Football Nation on FNR, Football Nation Radio. George Denekean along with Bakur... Frimpong, who tells me uh, she has to tell the truth. She's not related to Jeremy Frimpong, part of the Netherlands team at the Qatar World Cup. But it's time for us to meet our special guest. We've we invited him earlier, and he jumped on board, and we're thrilled to have him. He is the very, very uh, excited um, uh, chair of the Central Coast Mariners. His name is Richard Peel, and he should be buoyant because not only has his team and, uh, under, the, under the stewardship of young Nick Montgomery, do, uh, Montgomery doing some wonderful things, they've also seen one of their youngsters uh, claimed by uh, one of the super e- EPL clubs in Britain. And how many more games are there left, Richard, for young uh, Garren Quall?
2: Four, four, George. Four more four games, games. Four people to uh, wow. see four games. Can, have you got four that? Games. have you, you
0: it was 44. Have, so. <laughs> <laughs> have, you got it through, have you got it through to everybody that just how special this opportunity for football fans on the Central Coast and uh, in, in the A-League, what it means to have four more opportunities to see this youngster who um, – Pakua and I spoke about it a little bit earlier. I don't know if you were listening – but we remarked on how extraordinary his talent was to, in the height and the excitement of those final moments against Argentina, he had the wonderful nous and skill to be able to bring the ball down and put it in the only place it could end up, and that's the back of the net. Except for one damn thing, <laughs> the Argentinian keeper was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. and the young man who could have yeah. who would have gained instant legend status uh, has to wait a little bit longer to to uh, to be claimed as a as a legend what did you make of it as the as the chair super chair of the central coast mariners from afar
2: well look it was just exciting to see uh, both him and, and jason cummings get on yeah, yeah, yeah. on the field it was uh, obviously they had to go through a very Long process, and it wasn't confirmed till only a few weeks before that they were going to the World <sighs> Cup. So it was a very exciting time for them and for the club. They both worked extremely hard to get there. Um, has had the their teammates around them to uh, you know, help them out. But as I said to you, I think last time, Georgia, yep. he is a special talent, mate. And the, I think the thing that about Garang that that is amazing is his his calmness mm. in. in Big moments, um, and that chance that he that that he created in the uh, in the last minute. Yeah, you know, we've seen him put those in the back of the net, and that you know it it could have ended up there, but it didn't. But wasn't meant to be. But I'm sure, I'm sure you've told your your listeners that already that you know he's the youngest stage since uh, Pele to play in the knockout stage of a World Cup final.
0: Um, No, I'm glad glad you brought that up because I neglected that. Uh, Once again, we are reminded how young he is, how precocious he is, but how beautifully poised he is. Uh, Pakua and I have said on two or three different occasions, the thing that stood up from the very first time I saw him in the All-Star game, uh, he he doesn't seem to be phased by those around him or the moment. It's not too – it's never too big for him. Is that fair, Pacoia? Yeah, absolutely. He, he
1: He's always calm every time he – like he plays at such a pace, but he's always so calm in the pace. Correct. He's
0: controlled the way he plays football. So what's he like behind the scenes, Richard? Now, you're in a unique position. As the chair, and you've got to govern and and oversee so many different things that make up a football club. What's he been like as as a, young, a youngster uh, along with, um, you know, the rest of the crew? Because they seem in that in that all access uh, that we saw, which I by the way I commend you all. Uh, that was terrific uh, access and an opportunity for fans to see uh, not only how his his teammates embrace him, but some of the character of this young man. Yeah, yeah, and he is a character, mate. He's uh, he's <laughs> got a very dry sense
2: of humour, mate. He's um, he's a very respectful young kid. He's very appreciative for the opportunities that. Uh, that Nick Montgomery and and, and search have have given him um, he doesn't take it for granted he, you know he, he certainly knows that without those two guys in his corner and 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 spotting his talent you know he 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 could have could have dis, disappeared but uh, mate it'll be interesting to see what the next uh, 12 to 18 months um brings you know, how, how they plan out for him it's yeah. um, he's got He's got. Uh, he, he leaves us. You know, his last game for us. He's on New Year's Eve against uh, Melbourne Victory. Oh wow! And he'll, he'll so, hang leave, on. Where, uh, where
0: is the game? Where is the game against Victory being played?
2: At, at Central Coast Stadium. Ooh. So that's uh, one of our big ones that we take pride in, and, and we, you know, we we make it a party atmosphere and with fireworks and all that sort of thing. So hopefully, well, we get a good crowd that day. Well, to the see. Victory
0: fans will travel. Uh, this young man yeah. has captured the imagination of his, of Australian football fans. And the and the world is now watching, which is just remarkable. Uh, so um, you've got a special evening sorted, huh? And arranged.
2: Yep, for his last game we have it, oh. it pans out very well. Like I said, I wish it was forty four more games. Uh, oh. You know, we are going to miss him, guys. We are going to miss him. He's uh, he's an X factor. Um, but yeah. as I said, think to you last time, you know, you can't hold these types of players back, and that's no. just not them. The Central Coast Mariners' way it never has been. You know, the 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 deal is to put our resources into young players, get them to a level, and then unfortunately, it's it's a reality that we have to move them on to survive. So um, that certainly will continue to be the the way. Um, yeah, it's
0: your business model. Is you you're an you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a super yeah, nursery. Is that is that a fair call?
2: Yeah, it is, it is, mate, and we're only going to amplify that over the next uh, few years, like uh, uh, I brought Luke Wilkshire and and uh, a team around him to head youth development, have guys like Andy Bernal uh, in there as well, toughening the kids up, um, you know, making them
0: better athletes. Well, the best thing about both those two characters you mentioned, Wilkshire and Andrew Bernal, they've been there, they've done that. They've travelled the world. They've they've, they've 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 seen just about anything and then everything, so that they're, they're wonderful people to have in your corner.
2: Yeah, when you throw Nick Montgomery on there as well, oh, you know, oh, you've got probably close to one thousand five hundred professional games between those three guys, and all three of those guys, George, you've seen them all three of them play, and they they would all describe themselves as not the most talented, but they're warriors, Correct. and that's what we're you know trying to amplify at the Mariners is. You don't have to be the most talented player to get a spot in our academy. What you do have to do is prepare, be prepared to not think you're you're there just because you're in the youth academy. Mm. That's the start of your journey. Um, work hard and be a warrior. Um, play the game hard, fast, and become a better athlete. And, and um, you know we believe that that will take you a long, long way. Uh, added with uh, you know the football development as well. So yeah, we've got a few uh, a few. Um, a few, well, a lot actually, George. We've got a lot of talent. <laughs> I was going to say, it's,
0: uh... you, you've been blessed in in that in your timing that you've you put your hand up and you came on board. Um, and let me say, from that moment, the news has been getting better and better and better at the club, and may long may it continue, Richard. Because quite seriously, we need good noise, we need good energy, we need good vibes, we need good characters to come into the game each and every week. Uh, I was just telling you to. Pakura a, a while ago. Pekua is of the beginning of the second generation of broadcasters that FNR is, uh, you know, showcasing to, to uh, the marketplace. And for us, it means the world to see yeah. them, you know, gain jobs, move on. It's part of the territory. We hate to lose them, so I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. You'd love to have him for 144 games. And he would be, uh, i would yeah. I would suggest to you right now, he would be one of the biggest things in the a league if we he was allowed to play one hundred and forty four games. There is no doubt about that. Um, what is what is exciting and what's uh, fabulous, and you've gone a long way to giving us some evidence of that, is his poise and his commitment and his respect. he He doesn't think he's, it's all happened, and he can just sit back now. He understands he's got a lot of hard work to do yeah yeah and he does he's good like i've
2: said many a time he's got to develop into a 90 minute player. that's his next big step you know, he's a unbelievable impact player in 30 35 minutes his, his next step is um to uh you know take that step up to the to the 90 minutes but uh to step backwards about the the mariners academy george i can tell you we have a a very lofty goal and that is that every world cup moving forward from now on, in the men's space and the women's space, yeah, as you're probably aware we we get our women's license next season. We want look forward to eight that. players. Yep, yeah, we get we want eight players, both in men's and women's World Cup teams uh, from the Central Coast Mariners Academy. That's our goal, and I know it's uh, you know we 12 teams in the league, and and also the international development. That's a fairly lofty goal, but that's what we're about: is, is youth development. It's um.
1: It's central to who we are, so yeah, that's our lofty goal, mate. I just, I just want to just bring my l- one last point about Garen. You just you said that his next stage of development is turning into a 90 minute player. How far away do you think he is actually from that? Do you think if a season away, or is he, is he still got a long way to go to get to that?
2: Look. That's a Nick Montgomery question, I think. Yeah. We'll get Nick, Nick on. And, don't Nick worry, Nick and Luke, and, yeah, and Andy Bernard. No, they're the football, and Sergio. They're the they're the football experts. So I don't pretend to be a football expert. Uh, uh, in fact, I'm not an expert of anything to be <laughs> candid. But um, they're the guys. They're the guys that uh, that really.
0: Oh, I think we. You know, just... you know, R- Richard. One of the things we keep talking about, um, you know, when with good management, it's all about how you, how you delegate. And the sheer fact that you've got um, talent like Banal, Wilt Wiltshire, and Nick Montgomery um, is is the, is where the credit lies. But you've brought them together. That's the special thing. I think
1: we may have just lost Richard for a second. Okay. So is we he back? C- no, he's not back yet. So we could. We can take a short break. We can take a short break. Okay, and then... you're
0: listening to FNR's State of Our Football Nation. Our special guest, when we're getting back, is Richard Peel, who's the chair of the Central Coast Mariners, and we're talking about the exciting talent that is Garen Qual. And uh, there's only four games left. The last game of the uh, uh, the stay at the Central Coast Mariners will be up against the Melbourne Victory. So let's take that break and be back in just a moment. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Uh, Richard Peel's our special guest on FNR's State of Our Football Nation. Uh, we lost him a moment ago, but I think he is back. Richard, are you there? Hello, Richard. Hey, I had a call from my seat... <laughs> the the joy, yes, the joys of running a business and and speaking to a radio station at the same time. It can yeah. be challenging, but uh, welcome back. Yeah. Not a problem. We understand. Um, let's let let's just talk about some of the things that are going on around us. The World Cup is still, of course, um, underway. It's been an exciting, a super exciting uh, contest for a great number of countries that have come to Qatar, and uh, despite all the hue and cry and the noise before the uh, the tournament started, it has been riveting, and we've seen some tremendous stories and some great performances displayed. And uh, the Australians came back, um, you know, and uh, the Australian football public has been buoyed. What's the f- what's the sound and the feel in uh, on the Central Coast um, since the boys are back?
2: It's been. It was obviously a really exciting World Cup, and in fact, on the uh, on the, the the game versus versus Argentina, we put a, a big screen at the stadium there, and 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 I expected probably four or five hundred people to turn up, and there was uh, uh, about fourteen hundred people turned up for that particular Fantastic. event, and I guess Fantastic. that that speaks uh, you know, how, right. how yeah. Pop, yeah, it does. It does the people vote with their feet, and that was a really good turnout for us. So. The excitement's still there. Unfortunately, uh, not making excuses, but obviously the boys came back last week and they weren't a hundred percent health wise. They they had some some tummy stomach issues, yeah, and but both wanted to play, and and um, and but uh, yeah, unfortunately we couldn't get across the line last week, which would we put a big damper on it. But um, hopefully, the whole uh, the whole country is still excited by the by by what the soccerers did in the world cup I think I'm not sure if you're a a uh, a fan of uh Graeme Arnold I certainly am and I think he deserves a lot of uh credit for for um both the selection the brave selections and, and the the way he played I've been
0: a long time, long time supporter of Graham from the days when I first presented him with a Man of the Match award for Sydney Croatia when they beat Sydney Olympic in an an absolute thriller in the old NSL days. So that's how far I can go back uh, with young Graham Arnold, and he's been a terrific young boy. And and his commitment to the game and his journey in this game is uh, just fantastic. And the fact that he got everybody in there and he said to them, you know, don't worry about the rest. Turn off the social media. Let's just get out there and do our fans and our families proud and leave it all on the pitch. And that's what they did. And and as we touched on a, a little earlier in our, in our conversation, young Garen Quoll, who had no right to do what he, what he did, that is pull the ball out of the sky and... and Fire it to, uh, on on goal. Um, have you seen the uh, the tweet where some smarty has used a little bit of AI and he's actually got the ball in the back of the net? No, I haven't. Oh, it's but, worth uh... it. it, 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 it <laughs> you know, yeah. It, they've actually got Garing running away with his hands up in the air. They must have grabbed it from some yeah. other footage, and it looks fantastic. Yeah. And if you didn't know yeah. that it was, uh, you know, a little bit of stagecraft, you'd go, oh, yes, Australia is equalised two-two. Yeah. It's just a golden moment." But let's get back. Look, for football Australia, that was a fantastic jolt and a wonderful kick in the uh, in the in the arm. Uh, fantastic for everyone. The problem is now we have two separate bodies in the game. One is the APL, the Australian Professional Leagues, so and then they're freshly minted, brand new. And, of course, Football Australia. They're two different bodies. Um, one is mm. buoyant. The APL made a decision the other day that, that that has been frowned upon by just about everyone I've spoken to, except for one or two who saw the commercial opportunities. But can I just say, and I men- mentioned it to Pakua earlier, uh, the APL has done in one fell swoop what the game has been trying to do for forty years, and that's be united. They were everyone's united against them for this decision. What do you make of it? I'll probably have to stay
2: out of that one, mate. It's, <laughs> uh, it's um, I understand you know, there's that. A lot of, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of discussion going around today about, about the whole thing. I, you know, from a personal. Personal perspective of yep. someone who's just coming to the administration. You know, yep. I, from a fan position, I'm I absolutely understand the the outcry outcry of it. Um, yeah, I I guess George, my uh, the part I find hard to understand is the timing. Yep. the timing of the announcement. Mm-hmm. Like we've you know, our boys have just returned to the shores after an amazing campaign we should be in a, a bubble now of of total euphoria about the game in australia and i guess that's that's where that's probably all i'd comment on mate is i can i can i, I, can I just say i
0: was just going to say can i from all the years of in, in in news this has all the hallmarks of a government decision that is the new south wales government mm-hmm. um, you know and it's a, and it's major events division looks like they wanted to score a goal they didn't realise yeah, it. It could the, turn up to be an own goal. That's that's the only concern yeah, I have. Yeah. Now we won't let you put your put um, your, your yourself in any uh, harm's way because our responsibility at Football Nation Radio is do no harm to the game, and that's what yeah, we want the APL yeah. to understand too. They've, every decision they make. Um, you know, goes an awful long way. We want the juniors, as you know, that you're creating out there with all that buzz on the Central Coast to want to play the game and to want to play it to the, the highest level they possibly can. And to hear that you've got the women's team, when, does they, when do they start? Is it, is it 2023?
1: You've got the licence for next
0: yeah, season. Yeah, so next again? season. So it'll yeah, be next season. Yeah, so 23-24. Yeah, wow. Straight, straight after the World Cup. Straight after <laughs> the Women's
2: World Cup. So, and we, we're lucky to have uh, England, uh, the England uh, World Cup team stationed on the coast for the. Uh,
0: Get for out the of You Are you, the World Cup. Are you so, looking after yeah. the Lions, are you? We the, are. Sorry, we are, the Lionesses. Sorry. The, Lions, the Lionesses, yeah. yes. so, yeah, that's, That'll be a great
2: boost. Uh, and look, we're excited about the bringing the women's team. We already have a very deep academy. Um, we're just working through a def- couple of different options at the moment the best way for us to hit the ground running um, but yeah exciting times there and I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of buzz in in, in female for- sport on the on the coast because of this so uh, wow. exciting times and hopefully that flows over into the into football in general both junior levels professional levels you know, senior levels and and we get the same. Joy out of the women's World Cup that we got out of the men's. I do want to shout out. You did mention Football Australia, and I, I, I as well as Graeme Arnold, uh, you know, deserving a lot of credit. I think James Johnson, the CEO of Football Australia, has um, did a pretty amazing job uh, uh, um, in some of the key decisions that, that that they made along the way there. So. Um, you know, especially there were stages as you as you know, yep. guys. There were there were certain factions calling for correct Graeme, Graeme Arnold's head, um, yep. and I'm glad that 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 was uh, rejected. So.
0: Um, And we all benefited benefited as a result, which is terrific. Yeah, you're right. Spot on. Richard,
1: Richard, I I wanted to go back about, you know, obviously next season you guys got the licence to come into the league and we've seen in the past two seasons, we've seen Wellington come in with uh, not as much success as maybe they would have liked, but obviously in difficult circumstances, their first season in the league. And we've seen Western United this season start incredibly under Mark Torcaso and that group that they have. Does that seeing the side yep. like Western United get into the league and have so much success early on, is that give you? Are you more excited with your the, with your squad getting into the competition? Do you think you can make that kind of splash next season?
2: Oh, look, I'm not one that likes to make bold predictions. <laughs> what I will say is this: that we 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 are serious about, and we and and not me, but the people at the Central Coast Mariners lobbied long and hard to get this license, and it, it's you know. The timing of it is fantastic, as far as I'm concerned. So we will be doing everything we can to make that um, you know, a long-term successful venture for us. So, but in essence, well, what I do want to make clear is that we won't just throw money at trying to win a, a title year one. We will be taking a very measured, long-term approach to the business model um, and making sure that we're sustainable. Um, long term which I think is most important
0: Here's a big yeah. question for you with the women's team starting up after the uh, World Cup the Women's World Cup uh, on the Central Coast next year, will they also play on that beautiful ground that the Lionesses may not want to leave when they come and visit?
2: Well they won't be playing on there, we do have a trial game come uh, that, we, that was played recently there yeah. um, but no they'll be training on there Oh right. They so will be training on there. Yeah, yeah. They'll be training on the main grounds. Um Yeah, no no World Cup games on the Central Coast, unfortunately.
0: So uh, where so yeah. where are we likely to see the women's the Central Coast women's team play or be based? They will play out of the Central Coast
2: Stadium. So one of our oh, goals oh, is okay. to try and do Yeah, yeah, sorry, the, the our women's team will play at Central Coast Stadium. Oh That's
0: fantastic. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so and, I, and I, I must have led, you, heads I heads must have led you astray when I mentioned lionesses. No, no. Yeah, I'm, yeah.
2: yeah. You, you did. I thought you meant. Yeah, sorry, sorry, George. I thought you meant. Were we get having any uh, England England games on there? No, I no. thought surely George knows that. Will, uh,
0: <laughs> will, not, he, so. will, he, will the fans be allowed to see the lionesses uh, in, during training?
2: Uh mate. I actually
0: don't know. Uh, That'd be exciting, wouldn't it? I yeah. mean, we
2: we we'd love for that to happen. Obviously, they'll want some. Some privacy with, uh, you know,
1: yeah.
2: tactical type yeah. sessions, yeah, which yeah. which we'll grant. But candidly, mate, there it, it, it'd be pretty hard for us to stop eager fans, as you know, on <laughs> <Yeah>. the uh, <laughs> on the southern end. There, uh, you know, there's, you know, we can do. It. There is a little bit of protection there. So, yeah. the rich, Richard, yeah.
0: the reason I ask this is because when I was president at South Melbourne, we had the French, the national, the French, the French team. Yeah, Thierry Henry, um, uh, Zizou and all these guys, they came to uh, Lakeside, they came to Bob Jane Stadium and we saw them training and I had an array of Socceroos just turn up to see the, the training and, I, and and they were yeah. in awe, past Socceroos yeah. and current Socceroos and they were in awe of what they were watching. So you can imagine if you yeah. let the lionesses loose. I was going to say
1: though, Richard, I think that you guys may have, you, in terms of like... Clubs getting teams. You guys may have won. Besides <laughs> getting the Matildas, I, I feel like you may have got the second biggest team uh, fan wise. Uh, Correct. Getting, so I feel like you get a lot of foot traffic if you are able to get uh, have people come and look at their training sessions.
2: I think we would, and, <laughs> and you're right. It's um, it's it's um, you know the, the supporter base will 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 be. I'm sure. Substantial, but and I'm sure that we will be able to organise some access sessions to the team. That the discussions so far have been very good with the with, with with England. So I I do anticipate that we'll be able to uh you know capitalise on on them being there and, and fans access. So. George, I might have to get a yeah.
1: plane to get down there just to go. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Something.
0: Richard will have to. We'll have to get us up there just to have a look <laughs> through. And what we might be able to do um, as they say. is a storybook presentation from there, wouldn't that be something, eh? Hey, That sounds good to me. (laughs) That sounds good to me. So, Richard, uh, how are are sponsors reacting to the buzz and the energy? Yeah, good. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, obviously. uh, Look, this year's been a funny year corporate sponsor-wise for us, to be honest with you. Um, We're not quite at the level that we need to be, I'll be honest with you. So any uh, corporate sponsors that are – Looking to get behind the great game? Uh, give us a call. Um, you know we we we're, we're working hard on that part of our business business, George. So, but the the, the good sponsors that we have, uh, you know, the amazing sponsors are, are equally excited by um, having three Mariners at the World Cup and, and, and the first time uh, an A League team's had three players. So, yeah, very proud of what what we've what we've managed to achieve and. Of course, without those sponsors, George, as you know, we can't do what, we, what we're doing for the young Very players. True. Very true. Yeah, It's a two-way street. Yeah,
0: for sure. They, they need us and we need them. And, yeah. and it's, that's what the, the, the game has been about for quite some time. And the clubs that do it better uh, are the ones that continue to, uh, you know, uh, notch up the results and get the, the, the feedback that they so richly deserve. Uh, by the way, there's a fantastic um, uh, game coming up in Melbourne this week. It's the derby, the Melbourne derby. What's uh, Who are you playing this week? We are
2: playing Sydney FC at
0: mm. home. Saturday night. Oh, uh, now, now, Sydney FC night. have probably a, a fresh and ripe to be taken because they've just had a huge win against uh, the, uh, the team leading the competition, Melbourne City. Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah. I think, the first time they've won on their home ground, so they're buoyant. This is the time to jag them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, look, you know, all I can say is this, mate, and again, I don't like making bold predictions, but we were nowhere near at the standard we expect to be last week. We were very disappointed. Um, You know, the fans candidly should have been disappointed in the performance, but we we know we'll be better this week, and we'll be really, really well prepared for this game. They're a very well-coached side, they're a very talented side, um, but... I expect a warrior spirit to come out on the Central Coast this this Saturday night, and let's see where that lands. But, um, yeah, hopefully we get a good crowd out there.
1: And for do you have any more big things for the fans for the fans to be excited about heading into the like the, the new year? year, year, year. Are you going to have some like more? Because obviously we know about that the APL have announced that there is going to be a whole week leading up to the grand final. But is there something that the Mariners are organising for their fans?
2: Look what we're well for our young fans. Yes, what since obviously COVID stopped a lot of our community engagement as a club. Yeah, I can imagine. um, And that's something that we are hitting extremely hard right now. So in the last two weeks alone, we've we've been and interacted with over seven and a half thousand school kids. That's just and that'll continue those types of numbers. We've had six. Andy Bernal's been out to six charity events, uh, for PCYC Salvation Army, the, the, the Glenn Drug Rehabilitation Center. So the Mariners are uh, hyper-focused on getting back out and, and making our community feel absolutely a part of our journey. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think that, and it does really, really get people bought into the, what we're trying to achieve. I mean, uh, it's, it's not rocket science, is it? You've, you've got to bring your fans along and, and your young fans are the best ones to get excited and and then, um, you know, they force their mum and dad to bring them along to the game. So <laughs> I guess that's where we're focusing is on our, on our community engagement right now, which will be a hallmark of the Mariners while ever I'm involved with them.
0: Well, yeah. that's the good news you've heard from Richard Peel, the, the, the women's team coming up next year right after the Women's World Cup. So Central Coast Mariners adding yet another... Uh, team to their stable of uh, of talent, uh, the women. So they're part. They'll be part of the Liberty uh, Women's A League next season. Uh, it'll what yes. the season starts about October. Is that right? Uh,
1: today's November. November.
0: November. Oh, November. All right. Okay. So so exciting times. There are four games left to see Garen Qual. So if you are part of this new generation, in fact, if you're a soccer lover or a football nut like I am and Pakur is, you're going to want to see every minute of this young man's journey uh, to the final uh, time he plays for the Central Coast Mariners at home. It'll be against Victory. It's New Year's Eve. Is that right?
1: Uh, yep. New Zealand.
0: Yep. Yes. That's just incredible. fantastic! Yep. What a time to go, yeah, but, but
1: Richard. That, that's uh, yeah. uh did you, was that like originally set like the set date? Because because to have victory, and I'm I'm assuming the when you do play victory, that's probably when you get some of your biggest crowds. For him to be sent off in that
2: particular game, that fantastic. must be
1: it. Must be very good for the club.
2: Yeah, great for the club, and it was all planned. I had this master plan in place. No, <laughs> oh, well done. <laughs> no, it fell in place, fell in place for us. So um, we have been very lucky, and hopefully. And, and I will say this yep. anyone who's seen Durang play on TV, I'm a big believer that TV slows the game. It looks slower on TV. <laughs> it's even
0: faster in real life
2: come and watch him live and you will be blown away the, the yeah, and and don't nah, don't miss the opportunity any okay. football lover should try and get along to one of his remaining four games and, and see a special talent that i believe will be a household name globally by the next world cup let's see we let's see whether i'm right
0: you know the richard there the, the, there are an awful lot of people and the, and that number is starting to grow based on what they saw that limited little flash that they saw they are of the, p- yeah. the, the belief that Garen Quoll, all things you know being equal and in no injuries or anything like that, with a fair slice of luck, uh, there's every chance he will be one of the, the big names representing Australia at the next World Cup in the United States, Canada and Mexico. It'll be uh, yeah. a three nations yeah. coming together to create something quite special. Boy, that will be... Oh. We're, we're getting tickets to go with you, Rich, so start planning <laughs> the tour. Good. All right. Thank you. Listen, thank you once again for taking the, the, the call and, and wanting to join us and help us out. I know it's an awkward time, and we understand there are emergency meetings currently underway yeah. with the APL hierarchy. Let's hope yeah. that, uh, you know, uh, let quieter minds <laughs> or cooler heads prevail. Uh, the, the game... Is as you say, riding on a fabulous wave, a uh, long may it continue, and we want, we don't want any dis- disruptions. And good luck on the weekend against Sydney.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Great job. Pleasure, Talk my soon. boy.
0: Richard Peel there, joining us on Football Nation Radio, state of uh, the um, football world. Um, what have you made of it? What did you? What, you can tell he's excited. You can yeah, tell absolutely. he's got a lot in his plate. You can tell he wanted to say more, but he was. Is, you know, f- as a chair, you have an obligation to uh, all the elements that make up a football club.
1: He does, and I think he said as much as he could <laughs> say. And uh, But no, it's, it's, I, I, won't, I think I'm really excited about it. I didn't a realise women's. that the women's is going to be phenomenal because seeing Western United this season and their success, I want a more competitive uh, A-League women's, and I think we're getting some really competitive matches this season the fact that Garen Cole's last games against Melbourne Victory I, it's got to be surely the mar- the biggest game on their calendar maybe besides Do you know it should be, it,
0: it could well be the match of the round. Yeah. Hey, if the results go reasonably over the next 2 or 3 weeks it could be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Wow.
0: There it'll you be, go. It'll be absolutely, That's some effort. it'll absolutely be thrilling. Okay, we've got a few minutes left. Um where do you want to take us? You're the co-host of State of Our Football Nation.
1: <laughs> well, heading into i want to know what your predictions are for this for the derby Yeah, for derby and for the semi-finals in the world cup
0: okay all right well by the time by the time we go to air um, we will have we will know the two What's key your, results
1: what, what what you want the final to be English?
0: okay there are there's a part of me yeah that wants morocco to <laughs> upset the french yeah. and it's beyond not beyond the realms of possibility yeah. um, and to either play uh, Croatia who are just extraordinary I mean I love that Croatian midfield love love not that. only look th- there aren't there aren't too many holes in that Croatian side and the thing that they keep reminding us and have done for the better part of the last 15 20 years is they have an enormous football IQ yeah yeah and you know that your IQ and your IP uh, are precious things uh, there aren't too many holes in that side They are really shrewd. They're really smart. You saw what they did to get where they are now, right? They took up that space. They didn't give Brazil room to breathe. Yes? Yeah. And what happened? They suffocated them. They suffocated them. That didn't make Brazil a a weaker team. It just made them a loser on the day. So to all those people who jump on board and say, oh, they choked or this, that and the other. No, no, no. Football game, and we've proved it, there are many ways to play football. There are people that that understand that you can win on the counter. There are, there are those that believe that it's all about bossing the game. Well, the one thing we've seen throughout this tournament is sides bossing the game and losing.
1: Yeah, we have seen that.
0: So what have we learned? You've got to put the ball in the back, back of the net. <laughs>
1: no, I, 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 what I've seen is that I've seen a lot of sides not take their opportunities when they've been... Yeah, on the attack a lot, and that's that's the thing. And that's
0: when you get nailed. Yeah,
1: because because Brazil had like Croatia oh. had moments, but Brazil like
0: they had one shot. Yeah, right. Croatia had one shot, one shot. but they made a count. They
1: made a count. But, Twenty but from could, Brazil. But you could see it before that goal happened. It, you, sh- you you saw, saw it, it. You, because I they know. moved that ball so quickly, but with such precision with their passes. When that ball ended up at the back, and I was like, oh. Ab- uh, You're calling
0: the game these days, and <laughs> you see and watch things differently. You understand tempo? Yeah. And you understand how sometimes you can slow things down? Yeah. Yeah? Let it play, and then you can slowly build it up, and then you can slow it down again, only to strike like a snake. Yeah. And that's what they did. They didn't lull them, but they they said, okay, well, this is our s- pattern of but play. It's the way they play their equation, so Just as we saw with the Dutch... When they pull that bloody rabbit out of the hat to 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 create that magical free kick, you do it when you you do what your opponent least expects you to do you do and, and the better sides do it more often than not yeah yeah
1: and that's my
0: and of course messi's. Could be Messi's last game. I'll be
1: honest with you, George. Though. Or last World Cup. I kind of want to see a replay oh. of Croatia versus France, and I th- want Croatia to win. Because I just want... That I would really, be awesome. I really want an underdog to win. I really want an underdog to win.
0: Well, I think this World Cup has proven that, the, the, you know, the world is getting tighter. The, the gap between... The haves and the have-nots yeah. is getting smaller because and smaller and smaller.
1: Because we're seeing players go everywhere and anywhere and it's, it's been great
0: to see. Someone pointed out to me the other night that 30 years ago, 40 years ago, the countries offered up their style of football when they turned up at the World Cup. Yeah. That doesn't exist today because all those countries, all their superstars play in every league in the world. Yeah. So they know one another. It's not unusual for Gwadiol to know Kylian Mbappe because yes. they've played him five times in the, exactly. in the Euro, European Championships. So you're not playing strangers. You're playing guys you, you come up with on a regular basis. So the tactics change. Thank That's you. why IQ, football IQ, means an awful lot. Morocco has a dream. You mentioned that they're like a family. Yeah. They could do anything. They can. France could be arrogant enough to let it slip, yeah. Yeah, they're the most. Or they could turn it on and allow Kylian Mbappe to use all the gears that he has. The amount
1: of goals he scored at a World, oh. cu- World Cup. By the is... way, did
0: you like the way he looked after oh, Ki- uh, Kyle Walker? Yeah. And he said to Kyle Walker, what, "What's this business trying to run with me? Yeah. Watch me change gear." Exactly. He went past him. He was so fast. And Kyle is Kyle is freakishly like, yeah, fast,
1: freakishly fast. <laughs> and I seeing Mbappe just. With ease,
0: it was, yep. it was incredible. It's like watching a really good sports car, yeah, and then you saw the um, what they call the the Veyron, yeah, alongside go, yep. Oh, I've got another couple of gears, yes. <clears throat> just go went on. past, yeah, it was just wonderful to watch. Listen, I, I, I hope you've enjoyed the hour. Uh, it's our second week together, we're building nicely. Thank you very much. We are, George. So the, I like it. the very young and very talented. Peku Frimpong, who's now part of our team at FNR. And good luck with your APL. You're Thanks. doing some more calls this week. Which games are you doing?
1: I'm not doing this game. My next game is on uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, wow. and I'm doing. You're doing uh,
0: Central Coast Mariners no, and no, Victory? No,
1: no, no. <laughs> no I, I believe it's Melbourne City, Brisbane, Raw. I okay.
0: Well, good luck with that. And compliments of the season to you. Uh, see you when we do this again next week. In the meantime, we, we trust you have... Uh, uh, an opportunity to see some more fabulous football. Couple of great games still to be played, and there's a World Cup final next Monday. Very close. I have like you, it. Have you got any? No, it's too early. It's too too, early. Early. too, too early. early. Too early. Too many things could happen yeah. between now and then. Uh, for the Melbourne Cup, uh, sorry, for the Melbourne Derby, who have you got? Uh, I'll
1: go. I'll go with City. I
0: got City. You go with City. Yeah, I got City. I'm thinking. I'm thinking victory. Ask okay. me why. Why is that, George? Um, there's no. Patrick Kisnobo. Oh,
1: yeah, that is true. The World Cup is overtaking my brain. I'm I
0: know. That happened. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, Rada Vitisic, who look after the the, the women's, uh, the, the A-League knows. women's for Melbourne City for the last few years, has taken over. And I, I, I think it always takes one or two weeks yeah. to get your voice through to the players. Yeah. Um, I'd love City to get up, but I just have a feeling in my bones that... Um, victory love playing against city especially when it's a city home game yeah and i'm i'm hoping the fans turn out in force protest or no protest um and it's a cracking game we need brilliant football that's all i want to 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 give the game every jet you know, you know pr- propulsion it can get Absolutely. until next week this is state of our football nation on fnr george denekin and Pakua frimpong You're listening to The State of Our Football Nation on FNR.